We all know the great feeling of embracing a loved one that we haven't seen for many years. What about when it comes to a Christian brother or sister in your church? Do you have that kind of bond and affection and joy with others who believe what you believe? On today's passage, we're going to be seeing the great joy that Paul experienced with people that fellowship with him. So turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and let's get into it. Well, hey there, my friends. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. So blessed to be with you guys as we record episode 194. And I know many of you guys out there have been wondering what on earth has happened to this podcast. And we definitely have uh, been absent for, I think, almost a month. And that's due in part to me being sick, travel, working on book deadlines. So things have been pretty hectic. And I'm just glad to be back with you guys as we continue our study here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And so I just want to give a shout out to all my supporters and people who faithfully listen uh, to this podcast, who give, who pray. Uh, Just your support means everything to me. And I just want you guys to know that as we definitely are entering a time in our culture today with a lot of the rise of transgenderism, a new study just came out saying that people who identify as other than what gender they were, you know, assigned at birth, as they say, is doubled from 150,000 to 300,000 here in America. You're seeing marriages falling apart, more shootings, and it's all about government, right? People look to government, government passed this. If we just do this legislation, whatever, and there's a lot of violence in the streets and there's a lot of hostility and there's a lot of division. And I want us as we come together on this podcast, knowing the burdens that a lot of us share and some of you guys experiencing things that I've never gone through, but the same God who comforts us in the midst of the trials, that same, that same God can give us the strength, the wisdom, the insight to comfort others, no matter what we're going through. And Peter reminded the church and during the time of persecution, that same truth. And so I want to share that with you guys that yes, we're living in some dark uh, times and inflation and, and the cost of living is becoming more expensive. And a lot of you are worrying about how you're going to provide for your family. And if your kids can even uh, hit college now because of all the debt that you've been accruing for, for, for quite some time. If you do have a question or a major concern and you need prayer, we want you guys to know we're not the replacement, obviously, of your local church. And, and, and pastorally, I want to be there to pray for my listeners, for my supporters. And I want you guys to know that. So please, you can reach out to me at info at standstrongministries.org and let us know how we can pray for you whatever questions you might have, let me know about that so we can seek ways to encourage you along the way. And primarily, as you know, this platform, this podcast is to help you, my friend, to grow in your faith by growing in your knowledge, your appreciation, and your love for God's word. It's as simple as that. And I learn a ton. I love preparing for this podcast. And I hope that you uh, feel the same way. And so let me know that as well, because we all need encouragement. And sometimes, you know, being behind the mic, when I'm not interacting with people, like when I go out and speak in person, sometimes it could be lonely. 
And, you know, so that's why I love hearing from you guys, uh, just letting me know how this has been a blessing to you guys. And so I just want you guys to know that being back here is just such a great joy. And I'm excited as we're going to be looking at the joy in others in chapter three of first Thessalonians. So if you have missed any previous podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, go download them, check it out. And Hey, would you do me a favor? I know I don't ask this a lot and I need to, but man, we need more reviews. As you guys know, with how the algorithm works, uh, if you like this podcast, let people know about it, share it out there in your platforms. You guys, um, it's expensive to, to be able to produce all this kind of stuff. When it comes to marketing, we may not have a big budget to do that. And so if you guys can just share that out there, that is a huge blessing to our ministry here. So other people can hear about stand strong in the word and they can learn as you are learning how to study God's word. So at this point now, let me just bring you up to speed because it's been a while and I need a refresher myself. Last time we were talking about defeating the enemy. And the one thing that we looked at is, and again, we're not excusing away or blaming entirely Satan for the uh, afflictions or the suffrage that we may be enduring. Some forms of persecution comes from the enemy. Other times it's just the world. And one thing we looked at when you go back to verse four, when it says, for when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction. So at, at this point it came to pass you know, the way that Paul was, was, was warning them, Hey, things are going to progressively get worse. Remember Jesus in John 15 verses 18 through 20, he said the same thing. He says, if the world hates you know that it hated me. So you and I know that we're going to go through that type of, of, of a trial. All right. As a Christian, and it's not always Satan's fault. And sometimes it could be your fault. It could be my fault. It could be the world's fault. There's a combination of things. But the one thing that uh, Paul mentions is that when he was learning about their faith, remember in verse five, this is in first Thessalonians three, five, he said that there was a bit of a fear because he said that he was worried that the tempter had tempted them and therefore that their labor, the work that they had done in Thessalonica was in vain. Now that word tempter was the hinderer, which is also mentioned back in chapter two, verse 18 It's referring to Satan. You know, Jesus himself said that he was the tempter in Matthew four thirteen. Well, that's how Matthew classifies it based on what Jesus went through in the temptation. Now, clearly we know that Jesus had conveyed that message to his disciples and therefore they were able to report on it later on. And so we, we you see that Satan appears at times and he wishes to undermine, right? He wants to hinder, meaning he wants to disqualify Christians. And notice when Paul was bringing that up, he felt that if that happened, then his labor, the work they had done, the ministerial work in the lives of the Thessalonians would have been in vain. And that's an interesting thing because oftentimes we can have self doubt. Uh, we can get, um, you know, pretty critical, right? And in that right there, you guys, is when Satan can kind of creep in there and cause a lot of chaos and confusion. And he can use his, his assistants, you know, his, his uh, minions, right? 
the different types of unclean or evil spirits to do his heavy lifting. And, and at the close of the last podcast, we were talking about how Christians need to be aware of Satan's schemes. That's based on 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11. That Christians need to have the shield of faith so that you're able to block Satan's fury darts. And those are very important truths. And lastly, we saw based on 1 Corinthians 7 verse 5, that you need to learn as a Christian to resist Satan's temptations. And so if we are going to uh, overcome certain afflictions in our lives, we have to defeat the enemy. In order to defeat the enemy, we have to be grounded in God's word. We have to be prepared and ready. And so now that leads us into this next wave of what Paul's addressing in verses six through 10. And that's why I titled the joy in others, because we can't do things alone. And one thing that I think has been really sad is how many of us do our bidding before God alone, or how many of us live the Christian life, which isn't really fully living the Christian life alone. And so notice, let me just read six through 10, and then we'll break it down. Notice in verse six, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good, that means the pleasant, the joyful news of your faith in love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live, if you are standing fast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to you for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see your face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith? So, here we see a couple things right off the bat that Paul now is mentioning in his letter about Timothy arriving. And then he starts talking about more distresses and afflictions. And he starts talking about comforting their faith and standing fast in the Lord and thanksgiving and joy for the sake of how they're living and, and you know, giving that, 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 that kind of a offering of thanksgiving in return of someone. And then we lastly see this prayer, this earnest, exceedingly abundant prayer. And it's not just, you know, in between worship songs on stage at a, at a church service, it's night and day. And, and it's, it's this, this prayer that they may see them face to face. And the, and the question he poses is that they may supply what is lacking in their faith. And we'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's jump back to verse six. Now, based on this phrase, but now or just now, it's pretty cool because in Greek, it gives us a little insight that Timothy had just returned as Paul was writing this. So this is kind of cool because in a way, when you actually do look at the literary structure of a lot of Paul's letters, they're not just a one and done, like the Holy Spirit takes over him and boom, he just writes the thing out or has, again, someone who writes it for him. And within 30 minutes, he's finished, right? If it takes an average of, you know, 10 to 30 minutes to read through um, an average letter, depending on how fast you read, uh, written by Paul, 13 of them that we know of, if you throw in Hebrews, obviously it'll take over an hour, but it's not like that, you know, he wrote it as fast as we can read it. 
Uh, these are stages. These are things I believe that, that took some time. And so you can imagine that, you know, as he's in, in the spirit and he's praying and he's being guided and he's writing through things that there's a pause at some point. So when we pick things up here now, he says, just now Timothy has come to us from you. It, it, it it's, it's showing is you're seeing like this, this buildup. So there's actually a, even a transition emotionally of where Paul is at as he is initiating uh, this, you know, midpoint of the letter to the Thessalonians while in Corinth, if you go to Acts chapter 18, verses one through eight. Now he says he's brought us good news. Now, good news, um, Paul, remember who was concerned with the Thessalonians, because if you go back to verse five, did they abandon their faith? Was their labor there in vain? What he's doing is he's utilizing the verb uh, form of eugiliozo, uh, um, which is almost exclusive to the proclamation of the gospel. So it's actually kind of cool what he's doing here is he is expressing, catch this, how overjoyed, right, in proclaiming to them um, that Paul is here, or excuse me, that Timothy's here, and, and, and when Timothy arrives, he brings good news of them standing strong in their faith. So it's kind of cool, this verb form of where we get the word evangelism, right, the proclamation of the gospel, Paul's using it here to um, describe his feeling when Timothy comes with that good news that, hey, they haven't fallen away from their faith. The tempter, that is Satan, hasn't destroyed or completely wiped out the work that we had done in Thessalonica. So that's really cool that he's encouraged. Now, he says here, upon this report that you always remember us kindly. Now, this is a play on words in Greek. It not only voices the Thessalonians' fond memories of Paul, but how their charitable acts were done in remembrance of him. This is also some cool insight because what he's hearing from Timothy is that because Paul was such a great role model to them, to these young converts, they were being charitable as well. So it wasn't just that they were going to church together, if you will, they were actually giving generous gifts. They were being charitable, even in the midst of persecution. So then he says, as long as, as long as we long to see you, then he uses a typical phrase that Paul oftentimes uses. And, and we can't miss this. I mean, when I was going over this again, to be honest, I was thinking, okay, when was the last time I texted somebody I mean, somebody that I've known for, for a long time, somebody even in the ministry that I'm a colleague uh, with. And I, you know, said, Hey, I, I long to, I long to see you, you know, in a, in a way that they uh, would, would, would be touched by and, and, and that we could be vulnerable together and say, man, I, and instead of like, you know, I, Hey man, I miss, I miss you, bro. It's, Hey man, I just want you to know that I long to, I just long to be with you, man. I just, you just to hang out. It's been, it's been quite some time. And I think about you often. Now I can honestly say that there are a few friends that we do talk like that. And, and sometimes it's easier to say that over text. Uh, but when you actually see somebody, when they come over to your home and you give them that hug that, you know, you look at them and say, man, 
it's been a long time and I'm glad you're here. And I just can't wait to just, just to take you in, you know, just to spend time with you. And, and that guys is a beautiful thing that that's Christian love. That's Christian charity. And it's so sad that we have just disregarded that. Now in the Greek, this, as we long to see you, the directive is to long after. Okay. So in all likelihood, uh, Paul was able to see some of the original converts. Okay. When he sailed off to Macedonia. So remember he prayed for this. We'll see that as I said in verse 10, as I read in verse 10, that is that God answered his prayer and Luke records this. Okay. In the book of acts. So remember in chapter 18, he's in Corinth chapter 17. He was in Thessalonica in chapter 20. Eventually, um, as he's rounding about ending his third missionary journey before, of course he's arrested and he goes to Rome. It says after the uproar ceased, Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, he said farewell and departed from Macedonia. We had gone through those regions and had given them much encouragement. He came to Greece there. He spent three months. And when a plot was made against him by the Jews, as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. So Petir, the, the Berean son of Pyrrhus accompanied him. Notice in the Thessalonians, Aristotarchus and Secundus and Gaius of Derby and Timothy in the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. Okay. So here's, what's cool right now. Paul is so stoked and excited that Timothy's back. He brings good news, right? And, and he, he's sharing that in this letter. He's telling man, I just long to be with you guys long after the day to be with you guys and knowing eventually God will answer that prayer. So that's pretty cool. You guys now notice in verse seven, it says for this reason, brothers in all our distress and afflictions, we have been comforted about you through your faith. This is what I love about Paul's ministry And this. If you are in some, I mean, we're all called to ministry, but if you, if you actively hold a role, okay. And I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of my pastor listeners. You have to convey this, my friends, uh, to the people you work with. Now I'm not saying lie. Okay. Cause I know there could be some really hard nosed, bitter, critical people that unfortunately in many cases, all right. Um, you have to serve with, all right? We don't always pick our volunteers. I always tell that people ministry. Um, but notice Paul says, you comfort us, okay? See, although Paul faced many of his own challenges, right? He, it brought him comfort when he was thinking about the Thessalonians and hearing stories, in this case from Timothy, that they're standing strong in the, in the Lord, so it wasn't just saying Paul being the mentor, Paul being the apostle, Paul being the model, Paul being the example. It, it was vital for Paul's sanity and for his own strength in many ways that he was actually seeing people live out the faith, if you will, as strong, as faithful as he was. That there were other community of believers there was another support system, right? That was growing or they were harvesting it. You know, Paul was called to establish something, but he wasn't called to maintain it. And when you hear the work that people were doing, 
It gave him encouragement. It comforted him. And so we in ministry, we have to look around and you have to say to people, you know what? I just want to say that the way that you pray or the way that you serve, I mean, just recently I was thinking about my wife told me that several of our adult friends who are seeing our kids serve in a local church, how, what a blessing that is. And, and they tell my kids that instead of them just tell us and then my kids come home and then mom and dad tell them. I love the fact that the people that are serving with them and that my kids are under appreciate the way that they go about teaching and loving the kids. Guys, that is right here from scripture and we need to be doing that more in ministry. Verse eight, for now we live if you are standing fast in the Lord. Now it was an encouragement, right, to Paul for sure to be hearing that the Thessalonians were standing strong in their faith. I love this because, and you know, hence, you know, our ministry stand strong in the, uh, in stand strong ministries and stand strong in the word. And I have two books with stand strong in, you know, in the title, the picture of standing fast or standing strong is the idea of an army being attacked and refusing to surrender to the enemy. And that's why our slogan is reinforcing biblical truth, no matter the cost, right? So in, we think about cancel culture today, uh, when you, you, even 10 years ago, uh, when, when you were standing for biblical marriage in, you know, that was a bit difficult now with it being legal or standing, you know, for pro-life rights of the unborn. And you can see how many people compromise and give in and they're not standing fast. They compromise. And I love when Paul says, for now we live, meaning I'm not just comforted, as he said in verse seven, to hear about how you're standing strong in the Lord. I'm encouraged to continue. And I think if I may say this, that is a huge difference between people who are serving let's just say in full-time ministry, actually, let me rephrase that because putting serving in there, people who are in ministry and it's a job and they're not really attached. They haven't really taken the time to see the fruit that are in the lives or utilizing gifts. I was just in a Q and a panel recently and a young student had asked who is now going into college, if I remember correctly. And it was really sad. I mean, this again, I bring this up because it really resonated and it's something I hear often. And they had new leadership come in. And of course, as I always hear, no matter the denomination, the new leadership comes in and within that first year, they just wipe everything out. I've had that been done to me. And it's, it's a pride thing. And automatically Satan's already taking advantage of that. And she said the leadership comes in and wipes everything out and starts afresh and she had been part of the leadership for, for quite some time and she grew up in that church. And so you hear that this new leadership that hadn't been church for a long time. They don't know the culture as well. And she's trying to, she's trying to, to be helpful. She said, and, and I believed her. I thought she was very genuine and she was told to be quiet. Like if we need any assistance, you know, we will, we will ask for it. But what we want you to do is this and this only. And, she finally spoke up after, you know, she read the Q and a book and in my chapter, in one of those chapters in my Q and a book was on spiritual gifts and was realizing 
well, hey, these are my spiritual gifts and and I want to be utilizing these spiritual gifts in what better place in my local church. And so she went back to the leadership and she says, well, you know, these are really my spiritual gifts and, and can you guys help like foster them and grow them? And they're like, those are not your spiritual gifts. You know, you serve where we tell you to serve. And I bring that up because here's what's sad. When Paul says, for now we live, I believe, and please hear me, if people in the ministry honestly cared for the people that they were called to minister to, it will revive them. There would be more of a vibrancy among the people. But when you don't see it that way and you take them for granted or you overlook people, you will not say like Paul says, for now we live. And that's the joy that people bring in your life, my friends. That's the joy people bring. Because notice in verse nine, for what Thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. This is one of the most heartfelt expressions of Paul that speaks to how much he loved and he cherished the Thessalonians. This phrase, Thanksgiving can we return, this is an expression that is reflective of Psalm 116 verse 12 says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? Isn't this amazing, you guys? So when you have a personal, intimate relationship with God, it will automatically, hear me out, automatically affect your relationships with others. And when you are, when you have a close-knit relationship with others, it's because you have a close-knit relationship with God. So Paul is taking this expressiveness that's reflective in, in the Psalms about the Lord, the benefits that you have with God. So much so he's saying, we have benefits from one another. That's how it works. The Knowledge Bible, ta- uh, Bible Commentary says, quote, it is noteworthy that Paul thanked God for the Thessalonians' behavior. He did not take credit for this. Paul acknowledged that their endurance was really a tribute to the work of God in them. He commended to the Thessalonians, but also recognized and acknowledged the hand of God at work in their lives, end quote. So when you and I look throughout scripture on many occasions, it's true. Paul would give thanks to God for the joy he felt for the church. Romans 16, 19, 2 Timothy 1, 4. Listen to this. In Philippians chapter 1, 3 through 5, Paul said this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So that's why in verse 10 here, he says, we pray most earnestly, literally in the Greek, it's it's more than exceedingly abundantly. You know, a lot of us, when someone says, hey, come over for prayer night, you look for an excuse not to show up. That's sad. Night and day. And we may see you face to face. So this, that word that he uses here, that they may supply them what is, whatever is lacking in their faith, means to correct, to restore, to equip. So here's a pattern to Paul's prayer, you guys, as I wrap things up. As you consider the joy that you have with others and, and how you long to be with people and how you... You, you live, right? You now live because other people are living for the gospel. I will say as a father, I, I find it more joyful when I see their successes and how they're living for God than what God is doing in my life. It's true. It's true. I, I love 
and it gets me so emotional when I, when I see my kids and what did, what did uh, John say? There, there is no greater joy than when your children are walking in truth. And, and this is what Paul is praying over them. And I want you guys to, to use this as a pattern for your own prayer life, especially for others. Number one, we see here in verse nine that he gave thanks. So just give thanks, give thanks to God uh, for the people he is, he has put in your life. Number two, there's a petitioning in order to, to make proper petitioning. You have to know what is going on in people's lives in order to know you have to care. So, so show care. And the more you do, the greater, the deeper your petitioning will be. Number three, notice earnestly night and day. So Paul intensely prayed that he may see them again. Remember, you go back to chapter two, verses 17 through 18. And so his petitioning was that they will be supplied with the necessary means to grow in their faith. And so as you, as you earnestly pray, you pray specifically, Lord, if there's something that is lacking here in their faith, in their marriage, in their relationships, whatever it is, a lot of times we center around, God, I just pray they get this job. God, I just pray that they'll move and they'll be able to sell their house. Those are, in the, we, those are petitions. I get that. But they should not be the primary praying uh, guidance or, or be the primary petitioning. Most importantly, there should be something there that is lacking in their faith that we need to be praying and seeking. This word lacking, it literally means to lack or be in need of the essentials. So, so in actuality, as you pray for people in your life who are lacking in some capacity of their faith, the description here points to a deficiency. And this is evident in their faith. And remember, if you go back to chapter one, verse three, we are told that the Thessalonians, they were producing good works to some extent, but like all of us, it's a process of sanctification. Our faith needs to continue to grow and he needs to continue to grow stronger and, and be tested and, and be mature. So when you see Paul say later about him rejoicing in sufferings for their sake, um, that they could grow in the body, that's, that's precisely what he's, what he's praying for, for them here. That whatever is lacking in their life now, that they would mature and they would grow. And most likely the Thessalonians, they did need more guidance, right? Because they did not have the written word of God. And so they needed solid, solid teaching in this newfound faith. And if you've been walking with the Lord for quite some time, you can go back in your faith journey and you can see, hopefully, right? And I encourage you guys to, to maybe take a pause and reflect back. This is very important for us to do from time to time. The Bible tells us to examine ourselves as to whether we're in the faith, second Corinthians 13, five. And so times when I do that, it can see areas where I'm impatient or lacking or frustrated, whatever the case may be. And so when, when Paul is, was, is, is doing this, you, you know, sharing this with them, it's like us looking at our life stay and say, you know, there, there are moments in my life when I can say, Oh man, yeah, I was really, down in the dumps or man, I, I really did not know uh, a thing or two about, 
you know, ministry in this area, or I didn't really know a thing or two, you know, about parenting. I was with some young couples recently and they both had babies and, you know, it was a precious time uh, talking with them. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, as, as they're, they're experiencing, you know, a few months of, of parenting in all that, um, I'm looking, thinking I have 18 years at this stage of my life, uh, of parenting in the knowledge is 18 years, but with four unique children. So if you have more than one, we know how different, uh, each one of our kids are. And so if you take all of that, an 18 year old, a 17 year old, a 13 year old, an 11 year old, you know, you look at this experience that you have with your, your spouse and you're thinking, man, you know, we didn't know a thing or two when we were in our twenties with our first kid. And sometimes we still don't feel like we know, but there's growth. There isn't there. Right. And you learn through your mistakes and you want to be humble about it. And so that's what Paul was praying for. Cause we know that at this point in time, they can only know what they can know uh, based on what knowledge they had of the faith. And there was not a lot of written stuff about this. And that's why we see later Paul's addressing moral issues in chapter four. Uh, he talks about the return of Jesus. He deals with disciplinary issues. And so that's important, you guys, when we look at context of scripture, because as he's referring to this, this, this or as you say, as he uses the term lacking, that which means a lack or be in, in need of the essentials, what are the essentials that he was teaching them? Well, that's what we're going to get into in chapters four and five. And so this, well, we're going to, you know, after you get into this, um, uh, transitional, I, I, I call it more or less a transitional prayer in verses 11 through 13, we then will dive into the meat that Paul will start laying out. And so when you, when, when you look at the outline, he prayed for specific things to happen and they happen. Pray that he will see them. Chapter 20 of Acts, he sees them. He is praying earnestly for them that they would know the essentials. He gives them two chapters and then another letter to prepare them with more essentials. So the inspired word of God is coming forth and spreading. And they were already being imitators and good witnesses in Macedonia. And they will continue to be that. And all because he had joy in the people that he served. And so I leave you with that question. And it's one that we do bring up oftentimes because I think it's so important and it's something that's so evident in the writings of Paul. Do you find joy in the people that you fellowship with? You long to be with the people that God has placed in your life and not take them for granted. So I pray that's been a blessing to you guys. Thank you guys for listening. If you have, again, any questions, feel free to reach out to us at info at standstrongministries.org. You can go to our website, standstrongministries.org. You can click on the, the button there for donate and you, could, you guys can give any amount to help continue to support the work that we're doing to spread God's word around the world. I love you guys. Until next time, keep standing strong, my friends.